0: DMs, have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever
1: felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there?
0: Villagers, tired of your towns being collateral damage of epic adventurer battles? Then this is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments.
1: This is Raw and Order. Dum
0: Everyone, welcome back. It is the most, truly, the most wonderful time of the year. It is pumpkin fall sweater season. I am I am a white girl running around spinning in circles in the leaves with my sweater and scarf. Put
1: out
0: the live, laugh,
1: love, and pumpkin signs because we
0: are in fall. I I I can't express is my favorite season. I can't express how I went on a walk. This we're, we're recording in the morning on a Saturday, which we usually don't record. I just went on a walk, like with my dog. The, it was like forty-five degrees out. It, oh. I was just. I wore a sweatshirt. Oh my gosh. And jeans. Mm-hmm. I was in heaven. I was yeah. in heaven. I'm gonna pull out all my scarves.
1: Oh God, I love wearing a scarf.
0: Yeah, I just want to sit the outside.
1: Sweaters. Oh, with a warm cup of something.
0: Cider. A warm oh. cup of hot, hot chocolate. Uh, warm, oh. Oh well, hot chocolate for me is more of a winter thing. I'm going to really? stick with mm-hmm. apple cider. Is a very classic fall drink. Yeah. So I want to yep, I, I want to s- sit on my porch and just do lines of apple of pumpkin spice <laughs> while sipping apple cider. I don't
1: even like pumpkin spice. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen. Like, like. Okay. When you say you don't like pumpkin spice, do you mean like the like the pumpkin spice latte or just like pumpkin spices? I don't like. like-
1: Pumpkin what spice lattes, mean- or putting pumpkin spiced things in, oh my yes. stuff. Well, pumpkin like spice- I don't like pumpkin bread, or I don't even what? like pumpkin pies. I'm sorry. What? Okay, that's weird. That's I'm fucking sorry. It's my mother's fault. Okay, and I hope goodness- she's listening to this because it's her fault, and I'll tell you why. Swati, how dare you? When we, when I was a child, she decided she was gonna make this like pumpkin pasta sauce which is actually a common thing, evidently, yeah. like you to make it out of like gourds or whatever. Yeah. But she made it more like...
0: I like swear, a butternut squash type sauce. Yeah, almost.
1: but instead, I th- I think she used like maybe like the pumpkin filling from like a pie or something. Because it, like, it tasted like goopy candy sauce on top of my pasta. And I was oh. like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I
0: love it. You were traumatized in that one. Yes. And now I don't thing. like
1: pumpkin things. Wow. It's it's my mom. That's so sad.
0: (laughs) Well, I love pumpkin things. Do you like, have you ever had sweet potato pie? No. Oh, I should make a sweet potato pie. You should. (gasps) Okay.
1: All I right. love sweet potato. And okay, just for the listeners out there, my mom is a wonderful cook in all other regards. <laughs> so I just feel like I need to defend her. So you don't think she's like some weirdo, terrible cook. She's wonderful in every other way except I'm for pumpkin related yeah, things.
0: I'm picturing put her putting like <laughs> the, like pumpkin pie filling on like salad. And
1: <laughs> it's like salad dressing <laughs> today is yeah. pumpkin filling. Yeah.
0: Well, listen... I I I love it. I love the spice of life that is pumpkin. I, I'm not like so big on like pumpkin spice flavored things because that's basically just like pumpkin pie flavored things. I'd right. rather just have pumpkin pie. But um, I love sweet potato pie more than pumpkin pie. I'm going to make one. It's so good. It's like uh, buttery sweet potato.
1: My favorite fall pie sugar. is, do you say pecan or pecan? I think I they say pecan pe-
0: pie. I say pecan.
1: Pecan pie. That's my favorite fall pie.
0: That's my favorite fall pop pecan pie. Can pie. pie can it's delicious. Pie. Pecan pie is good. It's a little too the 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 fillingy stuff is Gooby? a little too cloying for me. Really? Yeah. You like my use of cloying. I do. Although I think I think I used it incorrectly. I think you just say it's it's cloying for
1: Cloyingly me. sweet or something or No,
0: I think you just say it's cloying, which means it's too sweet. Like mm. cloying me Oh, whatever. Uh uh, it's too, it's just a little too, I don't know. Then again, I love, fuck, have you, ever had, have you ever had gooey butter cake or gooey butter bars? No. It's fucking just sugar and butter and it's so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway.
1: This morning I had, mm-hmm. uh, it was like apple pecan bread yeah. with cinnamon and I put lemon curd on top of it. And it was, oh it was a God. fucking cake cake for breakfast it did was you so it? good no no i bought it at the farmer's market and i bought Ooh. the lemon curd from trader joe's shout out plug did you go
0: this morning to the no farmer's no,
1: market? no no i went last week and i had like frozen <gasps> it and i was i toasted it this week? morning yes i Let's love the go. farmer's market
0: <gasps> i haven't been at all oh, oh no, no this is I like know. the first week
1: i haven't gone
0: <laughs> oh my god okay well thanks for inviting me <laughs> Um <laughs> everyone, if you would like to meet Joe and Anna in person, come meet us at the uh,
1: Downtown Farmer's yeah. Market next Saturday.
0: We're going to have a stall actually next year Ooh. at the Farmer's Market in Des Moines. So <laughs> yeah, come up and talk about D&D.
1: Goat cheese, fresh flowers, D&D.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I felt... Like I will never forget when I used to live downtown, I lived a block from the farmers market. And for those listening, Des Moines actually has a fucking awesome amazing. farmers market. Amazing. Not as good as the Detroit farmers market. If you've ever if you ever go to Detroit, go to their farmer's market. It's fucking amazing. It's it's so awesome. But it's it's still a good farmers market. Uh I will never forget going and getting like a fresh baguette from Lamy, mm. which which those listening, it's like, oh, how good, bre- how good of French bread could Des Moines have? La knows how to make bread. It's raw good. Getting a fresh baguette and then getting fresh goat cheese oh. from the goat cheese place that vendor, the woman with the natural gray hair who's mm-hmm. gorgeous and lovely. I love her so much, and and then I would just walk around and scoop goat cheese <laughs> and eat all the carbs and fat, and it was. I mean, that's why i don't go i'm just realizing why i don't
1: go <laughs> <laughs> but you're walking you're walking it off i always go to the el salvadorian um stand Ooh. and get pupusas <gasps> and they're
0: amazing i've never gotten one of them oh my so I'll have to god they're so good
1: and there's like five different like asian stalls where you can oh. walk around and get like crab rangoons and eat them in the morning and those are amazing too and bubble tea wanna, like eat all the food
0: yes <sighs> but now bubble i really want to go Maybe. All right, let's go. Let's go next week. Okay, if you're around. Okay. Um, what else is What else is new?
1: Well, I mean, we had some sad news. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this already, but one of our Gaidra two players left us, and oh. and you know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, it was really unfortunate that he left us, and I totally understand, of course, because he's super so, so busy and right, like, right. completely completely know that
0: prioritizing this can be really difficult. Uh, a lot of the time it it turns out having a full-time job being (laughs) being a student and, and being a, father. a father of two a husband <laughs> and an expecting a husband with an expecting wife um turns out that's a lot so and he has
1: like 17 animals too yes. if I recall correctly mm-hmm. yeah. so he is a busy man but yeah. we're very very sorry to see him go but you know I was really sad that my character didn't get a chance to say oh. goodbye to him in her own little way too you know I was thinking about when when Andrew left us because of his schedule too like we had that sweet little like he left us letters and yeah. we got to kind of say goodbye in through our characters as well so i i certainly hope we come across both both of the andrews again yeah, i was someday. gonna say <laughs> we have a we have a
0: hard time keeping andrews in our campaigns um yeah i so now there's four of you which mm-hmm. i think the group decided i asked like okay how do you feel about four versus five and you're gonna stick with four for now you know i wanted to ask you about that yeah go ahead
1: i i feel like you have planned out quite a bit of this campaign Mm-hmm. And I feel like you planned it with five in mind. So how do you feel about us kind of sticking to four? Um
0: I I would say I I so I've learned from my mistakes in the past because in my first Geiger campaign, I lost two players very early on, the first campaign I ever did. Um, and I learned like, oh, don't build essential things <laughs> around mm-hmm. players um which i still made that mistake in guide one because heather's character is very central to the plot at the moment mm-hmm. but um i i sort of like learned from that mistake okay make sure your story is flexible so i i didn't necessarily plan everything to to need five players like all the combats and stuff that you encounter are going to be scaled accordingly. Okay. Um, like I don't have every combat planned um uh like from now until, you know, you know, next plot point B. I usually make the combats as we go like every week. Okay. But um the story there like are definitely last time we would have
1: we would have encountered an extra frog. Had, you might have, right? You've the you, been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um uh so uh I, I definitely like will scale those things because I, you know, I want it to be fair. Sure. Um, but uh I think you guys like the the story doesn't need any one of you in particular to be completed. The more of you that stay in the long term, the more I make you essential to the plot. Right. So um, you know, for better or for worse, like even if I if we have to do something later on, if if a player has to suddenly leave, um, uh, then that's okay. However, there's now no excuses because even if someone were to move away, I have my fully furnished, well, almost fully furnished gaming dungeon. Yes, yeah. Maybe when we reach six hundred followers on Twitter, I'll post a picture of it. Ooh. But I'm so excited this week, like within the last two weeks. Uh, Justice JoJo came over and helped me put in a vent. Um, in the basement. So now there's airflow and circulation. So it's not. It's it's a little bit more comfortable down there. Um, I uh put. Uh, an electrician came yesterday. They installed outlets and overhead lights. Oh my gosh! Um, it is just it. And I got this awesome shelf for housing all my minis. So now oh, everything is so organized. Beautiful. I'm so excited about just playing down there now. I, I can't wait. We're I have people coming over today to paint minis, and then I'm um, hosting a game here on Monday, and then we'll have our game on Wednesday. And like I'm just I'm so excited to be playing down there. Um. So yeah. Now the only thing left is a is a table. So I think Jojo and I are gonna are, we're starting to toss around ideas of if we wanted to build one, what we'd actually do. And
1: are you gonna have like a like a virtual oh, setup yes and yeah that's yeah. where i was
0: going so um uh yeah so uh justice phil who was on the program last season um he has an extra tv that like a flat screen he's not he doesn't need so he's actually giving it to me and i'm gonna use that as like i'm gonna have it on a on a on a holder that like it's it's gonna lay flat against the ceiling when we're not using it, but Ooh. then it'll swing down when someone needs to be present virtually. And then I have a three sixty camera oh. that was really good. It, it, it it's like it exceeded expectations because like normally these things are like a thousand dollars, like yeah. you know the ones we, we use at work and stuff. This one was a hundred bucks on Amazon, and it actually works really well. Right. Um. And then so all I need is one more camera to 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 come down from the new chandelier that's down there um, that can hover over the battle maps and be used for that. Um, So yeah, I'm going to have a fully functioning virtual option. um, And uh, I'm super excited.
1: That's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it all come together, especially the virtual options so Mm -hmm. that, you know, Heather can play and oh God, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a it's exciting. He's it very exciting. Oh. So, yeah, I um, I am s- just... So many games. So many things are happening. <laughs> but it's all good. How many
1: games are you in now?
0: Nine. What? Mm-hmm. I DM four and I play in five.
1: What? E- yep. Joseph.
0: <laughs> and I want more. Not to DM anymore. I can't do more than... 4 is a lot and yeah, one of that's them Yeah, a lot is, to DM. Yeah, so we're doing my drag queen one. So much fun. We had our session 0 last night. Um uh and that one's fully online because we have people from different states playing. Uh it's four players. Um everything is flavored to be drag queens on the from the planet Glamazon. Basically like the, the we came up with the world together and the premise was that like like one day in the near future RuPaul was just like I'm an alien just like I'm not actually human I'm an alien and I'm taking all my lovely queers and allies and and gays and we're gonna like go to space and all be drag queens so they go back to the planet Amazon um, and uh, everything everything is a sexual innuendo and a pun and it's amazing um, <laughs> uh and uh yeah everything's gonna be flavored to be different drag queens um i'm gonna be playing like drag music and like stuff in the background as our battle music it's gonna be a lot of fun but that like i'm not gonna do like a bunch of uh like like we're gonna use roll 20 but just use like a blank white grid basically and it's gonna be a lot of theater of the mind so i'm uh I'm pretty pumped. I, I think so. It's that going is going
1: to be, gonna really be obviously very role play heavy and hopefully not a huge, um, like a larger than average DM burden since you're not yes. building a bunch of maps constantly. And exactly. yes. Okay.
0: Yep. So yeah. That's and good. a lot of that I'll be able to do just like off the top of my head and then build notes for the world. So, nice. and it's fun and it's a fun group. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but. I'm but
1: now you want to play in more campaigns.
0: I mean, I always do, (laughs) but I think five for now is enough, especially because we like, August and September, both of us, some of our campaigns were slowed down a bit and Mm -hmm. we didn't really play that much in some of them um, just because people were busy and had life events come up. Now things are starting to settle down a bit again. And I think we're going to go on. It's about to
1: be wintertime when nobody's got anything to do. So play is going to pick up. So
0: yeah. So we're going to have, I think, a much more regular schedule. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that.
1: I was thinking the other day, I was like, around when did I start playing? and i'm like it was like april maybe of 2020 and i've been playing for a year and a half and it came yeah. and went and i didn't even realize it sometimes i feel like i've been playing forever because it's been it's become such an important part of my life and sometimes i'm like didn't i just start playing this when did this
0: happen <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so hey it flies by listen we got to get to 600 followers
1: we really do. We we posted some self-promo stuff today and mm-hmm. a post to encourage others to self-promote on our page. So if you're out there and you're listening, please, please, please retweet us, yeah. quote, retweet us, share us with your friends. Listen to the desperation questions. in yes, Anna's can voice. can you hear it? Can you <laughs> hear it?
0: Well, especially send us questions. I mean, we're running low on our stock of, of cases to decide. And we have a, a new handy dandy link. All you have to do is click on that link. It's a Google form. Yeah. On our and Twitter. You can find that on our Twitter. Yeah. And submit questions to us. We wanna we wanna hear what rules disputes you guys are having at the table. So you know.
1: But should we get to today's episode?
0: I think so. Who's joining us today? It's
1: our friend Tom <gasps>
0: so I'm Tom's yes. in my drag queen campaign. He is? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Love so. it,
1: love it, love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, let's go. Let's get to um,
1: Let's do it.
0: Oye, oye, oye. The Honorable Chief Justice's Joe, Anna, and Associate Justice Tom of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and make sure your marble countertops aren't actually gravestones, for the court is now sitting. (laughs) I have no idea what I just read.
2: Okay, 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 okay.
0: Last time we did this, I wrote the Elvis hair
1: thing, and then I completely misquoted the story, even though it was a very legit story that happened, okay? <laughs> so this time, I kept the article open so that I could explain this marble
0: countertop oh thing. God. Hi, first of all, hi, Tom. Hello. Hi, Tom! Um, Tom was on season one of Raw and Order. He's back to talk about things. But Anna, please, before we do that, explain what the hell I just read.
1: Okay. So this family has an estate sale where they're selling this slab of marble that they found in their home. Okay. And the slab of marble wasn't, it's not like the whole countertops. It was just like this huge slab of marble on which their grandmother used to make fudge. And they realize when they pick it up and flip it over. That it was a gravestone that's been missing for, <gasps> I think, uh, let's see, 146 years it had been missing. Wait. Nana no, <laughs> Yes. And they had been making fudge
0: on an upturned to, gravestone. Well, to, to be fair, like, that's, I guess, I mean, a, a gravestone is just a slab it's of dirt. It's a slab di- of, of, of stone. marble, yes, of course. Right. That hangs out of the ground. So that's not good, but, gross, but, but it's no, no. also. But
1: wh- how did it end up in somebody's yeah, kitchen that's... as opposed to in the ground? Was it missing from grave? like
0: from their town?
1: No, it was not. So did uh, Nan- was Nana still alive see. when they discovered this? this no, no, done. it was in a estate sale. So she had passed oh, away okay. and then they flipped over the marble for the first time and were like, wait a minute. Grandma's
0: got secrets. Who is
1: Peter J. Weller and why did he die in 1849
0: and why do we have his gravestone? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Mysteries. Listen, I'm here for it. Yeah. Hey, reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> Don't go buy marble steel graves headstones. I okay? mean, it is
1: a, it like that's a lot of marble to be not in use really. Other Did than they get to, to provide it?
0: some minimal information.
1: No, they donated it back to wherever it was supposed to go.
0: Oh, <laughs> I would just I would just sold it. Highest bidder. Sanity. <laughs>
2: but all those memories of Nana's fudge just gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just gone.
1: <laughs> they had to have it restored. Like the, what? what the the people that got it or like oh, the descendants oh. of the actual person whose gravestone it was. Because they the were too like, much okay, so it? there was like a lot of fudge on this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You made that up. That's no. not true. I mean,
1: they did have to have it restored. It didn't oh, say oh, in the okay. article that they were like, there's a lot of fudge on this, <laughs> but they did have it restored. All right. Any- anyway,
0: we need to this we need to <clears throat> we need to this
1: so the court will hear no cases today. We're going to jump right into chamber chat. Oh, get yeah. your robes off. Keep your wig on. Because it. it's go. hot when you do that. Okay. So discussion <laughs> topics. <laughs> this one, I've been dying to talk about this first one. Yeah. Uh, negative HP. When yeah. you go down, but you've taken more damage than it took to get to zero. Uh, are you counting that negative damage to get back up? Do you have to first make up for the negative damage it was evidently a thing in pathfinder yes
2: yeah mm-hmm. to
1: do that it is is it a 5e thing and should it be discussed
0: so, Anna, Anna why, i why i i know we have a guest here but you seem really enthused about this topic so why are you so why are you so into it
1: well i can see the benefits of both mm-hmm. here's my biggest drawback from that that is a lot of fucking math i don't want to do. Sure. That is my yeah. number one drawback to this. And because especially when you have first started playing and you're a uh a newer lower level character, man, you drop like like that. You know, yeah. you're every battle and somebody's got to bring you back. So to have to account for negative hp when you're doing that, oh, that's so much trouble. But when you're higher levels, I can see it. I can see it being more of a challenge to be like, not only do you have to make up for the fact that you're down, but you have to make up for the fact that when you went down, you only had 10 HP, but I did 25 points of damage on you, right? Like that's Mm. a much bigger challenge for the whole party to try and bring you back up. And okay. So here are some questions that I had one. There's a rule, right? Like if you take your entire HP max below, that you auto die, right? Yeah, That's so if the
0: amount of damage you've taken meets or exceeds your total amount, your, your maximum health um, at that, which importantly at that time, right? Because if you have a spell that reduces your HP max, um, that reduces the maximum for purposes of this, uh, then your character is just dead. There's no saves. Um, so if you had 10 hit points um, and a character hits you for 25 hit points, you're just dead.
1: Right. And so we know that 5e at least in its mind has accounting for negative HP to count for something. Second of all, when you're down and you're unconscious, you, you can still
0: get hit, right? And like what happens to that damage
1: when you're hit when you're down, you lose a death
0: save yes yep mm-hmm. so if you're down and you're hit with a ranged attack um or then you uh, or you take damage from any source other than a melee attack um you lose one death save if you Are hit with a melee attack it's an auto crit and you lose two death saves okay so see for that i
1: think that it kind of works against negative hp because it already has a consequence of getting hit when you're down um if you took that away and said obviously somebody that is down can still continue to be injured um and you didn't have the consequence of losing death saves i could see an argument being made for keep a track of your hp your negative hp because then you got to build back up from that those are my thoughts. This is why I was so interested in this, <laughs> because there is just like a lot on both sides to be said here. And I found it fascinating that previous versions did this, but 5e is just kind of like fuzzy about it. So, okay, you guys go now.
2: Well, yeah. So I think what your last point was about the exchange between death saves and having to keep track is exactly it. Because in Pathfinder, you're still like in 5e, I guess, to back up one or two, you know, you hit zero and we're like, oh, you're dead. Like, But Mm -hmm. Pathfinder actually uses negative HP, so when you get to zero, you're not dead. You're disabled, which means you you can't move because that'll, uh, you can't do uh, standard actions. That'll continue to hurt you, but you can still move around and do stuff at zero HP. It's when you get to negative that you're dying, and then when you get to a certain amount of negative HP is you're dead. And it's got this whole system built in Because Pathfinder is super crunchy and takes account of all of this and makes you do math for it. Uh, It has this whole system about negative HP. Instead of death saves, you have to do, like, stabilization checks. And if you fail, you continue to lose health. That makes your stabilization checks then subsequently harder. Um, It's got this whole system in which... You switch to five e and it's like no zero you're dead and then you do three de- it's like way well, streamlined unconscious.
1: unconscious or whatever right. but you can't right. move around right
2: right yeah it's just way more streamlined uh to get to the point where you know
0: yeah well I think that was that was part of I mean I don't I don't know too much about the earlier editions but I think the criticism of fourth edition uh was that some of it was not streamlined enough and I think they realized going from third to fourth. Uh, wow, we like missed uh, a lot of opportunity to just simplify things, which is why Pathfinder, I think, um, uh, being an offshoot from third, didn't quite go as far as fifth edition in terms of like streamlining stuff. So I think, like, th- yeah, they kept a lot of those more crunchy aspects of it. Um, but I, that's interesting. So w- in Pathfinder, did you how would you get to zero hit points? Did you have to do exactly enough damage to get you to zero? Or like if you were at five hit points and you took 10 points of damage, you're at negative five. Uh, yeah, you're at negative at five.
1: But then gotcha. you're down, right? But
0: like, then you're you're uh, down. Yeah. Yep. And
1: so if, if you're at five hit points and you take five points of damage, you're moving around, but you're disabled.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You're just like, help me. <laughs> which is super, which I assume is super rare, right? Because you'd have to exactly hit right. zero. Mm-hmm. And just the likelihood of that happening probably isn't very high. Um, so I guess that's that's not too different. That's like the equivalent of being at one HP versus zero in, right. my, in my eyes. Um, but uh I guess when it comes to I, I like the way Five E handles it. I but I, to be fair, I've never really played Pathfinder sure. or a system that had negative HP. So I guess Tom, like maybe the rules are too crunchy to get into. But like, if you is the only way to bring them back up. To one point is to heal them, or can you do other things to help another player?
2: No, you can do a heal check to stabilize.
0: Obviously, they're stabilizing themselves.
2: There's—I uh, was just looked this up last night too to refresh myself. There's natural healing, so the rules also talk about whether you're recovering with assistance or without assistance. Oh. And standard base, if you take you know a long rest, you automatically get your level back in hit points. So. You know, if you're doing it, if you're recovering with help, like, it's obviously easy. You just have to make sure you rest, and then you're going to be gaining back your level and points or more. Because if you do even longer, you can get more. But, like, you're going to naturally just heal over time. If You're doing it without help. You know, you still have to, like, try and, like, there's rules in it to try and survive. Like, make sure you're not, make sure you're actually healing and not just, like, slowly dying while left alone (laughs) in the field. (laughs) So, uh, But it's all in there. Yeah, it's and it's all like very granular about how it works.
0: So if someone is stabilized, so like you're dying, you're taking negative HP, I do a stabilization check, I succeed. Are you back at one? No. You're just not losing health i'm just not losing health
2: anymore i'm still unconscious and at negative hp i'm not conscious again until i get back to zero or higher and then and
0: then do you have to what i mean i guess what is the threshold of hp you need to reach in order to die die
2: your cons, your constitution score but negative oh interesting Uh which is like another reason why you really should make sure your constitution like don't go in with a 10 con score and leave it there oh that's not very much you're gonna like constantly be running up on that deadline on the other end you want to have a high con score so you can like survive the negative sides
0: true story so i i played pathfinder kingmaker it was my only like thing playing pathfinder as well as the new one path of the righteous that came out and i my characters would get to negative hp and I'd be like what the fuck do i do i do <laughs> they, the, the rules don't really explain it really well like the tutorials not great and i was like why is my character at negative what is that i thought they're dead <laughs> so okay so tom which i guess you, you talked a little bit about like um the two systems and how they're different and how 5e streamlined it which do you prefer
2: For this purpose, I really prefer the death saves because in that moment, especially like with a newer player, they're sad that they're dead, right? Uh, And there's a lot of drama that just comes from the fact that people are gonna be invested in their characters. Like, Mm. I don't want, I don't think you should add math on top of that.
1: (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) rule of life. It's like you're Never already add s- math on top of that.
2: <laughs> right. You're already sad and like upset. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, is it, you know, am I negative? Like, uh, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I'm still alive. Okay, <laughs> last chance. Ah. Like, cut all that out. Yeah. It's just three death saves. Um, and puts the pressure on everyone else to save you or really lets you know that your friends don't like you if they're just like i'm sorry (laughs) you're dead now bye yeah
1: i enjoy being unconscious i'm like now i get to sit back and relax
0: just wait for the story to unfold around me i mean yeah it's i i see the merits of the negative hp for one it gives that player something to focus on that's like as active and engaging as combat, right? Cause you're still calculating stuff. But I, yeah, I think I prefer the death saves. My only, my only issue with death saves is that it's really easy to kill someone. Right. Um, and not that I think it necessarily shouldn't be, but like, so, okay. Say your character gets hit by a spell, drops as your hit points, they go down. Next turn, another enemy that has multi-attack comes along you're prone. They get advantage on the attack. If they hit on both attacks, that's four death, save losses. You're dead. So it's a little like, I guess it shows the importance of initiative order. It, it, it really plays it. Mm-hmm. The importance of like, what can other characters do to prevent that from happening? Like if you have like, you know, if you have, if that creature is engaged with another character and they have sentinel, like they're, they could pr- potentially prevent you from reaching the downed player. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's, there's a lot of, um, there's just so much at stake for, and it's just so easy to get to, to knock off those three death saves, especially if you're rolling that one on a death save Mm -hmm. at the same time. It's also really easy to just pop you back up, right? Do a heal spell. Um, if you're dead, dead, like after fifth level, It's pretty easy to just run over and cast Revivify, which is why I make it harder to revive people using different (laughs) different types of rituals and stuff. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think I agree. Negative HP would probably just get just a little too much in the weeds for me. Right. Yeah. I think it's a
2: really good way to sort of add a complication to like really experienced players because it shifts like you're saying when you get to death saves, it's, it can be really easy to die and come back. But like, it's, it's sort of getting to zero is like the thing you want to avoid when you're using a death safe system. But with negative HP that extends because zero doesn't mean death. There's still so much more after that. And there's still so much more game right. um, for experienced players. That's probably exactly what they want uh, to do. But for something more generic and like new players, like that's, that's going to turn people away because it's just, Oh, I just finally got a hold of like how to do a stealth check. And now you're telling me like, I have another check with my HP and like, yeah. uh, it's just so much all at once. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm anti-math. So I, I, <laughs>
2: <be>
1: <laughs> way easier to keep track of, but I do think it's very interesting to think about, um, how it was semi-contemplated. Can you hear her? Sorry. Uh, Stella, hush! <laughs> How it was semi-contemplated in 5e since all the way negative. So, like, half of your... Tom is, like, losing it right now. Okay, <laughs> my dog barks. I can't help it. <laughs> uh, was was somehow, you know, thought about uh, in 5e. So that makes sense. But I agree. I think in the, like, higher levels, if your DMs want to make it a little bit harder for you, um, perhaps not the these, like, health checks, but it makes sense to me from like a realism perspective to say, when you're bleeding, you continue bleeding, whether you're conscious or unconscious, right? Mm. And you're probably more likely to be dying quicker if you're unconscious and like actively bleeding because you're not doing anything to to help yourself. Here's my question. I didn't look this up in the handbook or online before we talked about this, but um, when you are getting hit when you're unconscious, do you
0: still get a shield bonus? Um, technically, actually, I don't know. I a question for another day.
2: <laughs> I don't think so because let me see, you fall unconscious, which is a status, which means you're incapacitated. Uh, you drop whatever you're holding and you're prone.
0: Oh, you drop whatever you're holding, oh, so you yeah. can drop your shield. Um, uh, and we play in a campaign where you also, if you're using dexterity as part of your armor uh this is in clint's games if you're if your dex bonus is part of your ac you also lose that mm-hmm. um which sucks
1: so then if you're wearing like chainmail, will that still count though since mm-hmm. you're,
0: oh yeah yeah so okay. yeah i yeah it's uh i don't know I, I i think i think that's why i i instituted those resurrection rituals because that is a way like if someone were to die and it has happened as i mentioned last time heather heather's cleric died in our last campaign um uh or our last few sessions but she was instantly you know brought back with revivify um but i have this system where like the other players get to contribute and they get to use their skills and what they're best at to try and help aid this ritual um and at the end of the day it's up to the dice whether or not you're going to succeed or fail so i don't know i i think it's 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 complicated enough without negative hp <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed you're <laughs> uh,
2: here,
1: here all right great great discussion everybody mm. we do have one more question tom you sent this to us like a while ago yeah <laughs> and so hopefully you still kind of remember what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, but uh, you were playing in a tomb of annihilation campaign and it was involving movement through a heavily obscured area uh, such as an one affected by fog cloud and you pose the question if a pc is in the area and wants to leave it is it metagaming to simply move out of the cloud and if so how should it be handled
2: Yeah, so do you guys want the backstory? Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're playing, correct, we're playing Tomb of Annihilation, um, and where we, so Tomb of Annihilation is, the first part is kind of big, explore overground, but we were in the second part, in the actual tomb, so there's lots of, like, small rooms. Enough, not, like, cramped for us, but, you know, there's...
0: And Tomb of Annihilation is the one that's like, you're going to die. Uh-huh,
2: yeah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I think all of us made it to, like, a third or fourth character by the oh end of the God. campaign. Yeah, we died my a lot. My God. Um. So we're in this room, and it's small. It's like, there's four of us and, like, three enemies. So there's enough that we're all kind of, like, in our own little zones. But one of them casts, I think, like, Fog Cloud or something like that. And the effect is so big that it covers basically the whole room, <laughs> except for, like, five or six squares off in the corners. Um, and so one of the PCs um, was at the edge of the cloud. And there was like one square, like maybe 10 feet away from her that was unobscured. Um, so when it came around to her turn, she was like, okay. And I moved to that square and all of us were like, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to see these people. Cause the rest of us are in the thick of it. And, uh, the DM was like, okay, well, how do you know? And all of us were just kind of like, what What do you know? What do you mean? Yeah. And it was in that moment where I was like, oh, like I would have just, like, I this can see This is
0: Tomb of Annihilation, dick. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. But also it's like, oh, I can just see it. And that's how kind of I've always played. But like, it's fair. I get, you know, I could see it being fair. It's a heavily obscured area. We had already established all of that kind of, Uh, background in terms of the environment and what how would the character know how to get out and we kind of it kind of took us out for a minute and we figured doing a check and she was fine. So like it eventually even though it derailed us a bit it eventually got back on and we won and we didn't die that time. Hey (laughs) that Uh, time (laughs) (laughs) but yeah in my head I was just kind of like oh like how is this metagaming? Like because Players can see, like, I, it, it's very hard, I think, for your, yeah. you to, like, you have to, the DM has to put, like, this is the area that's heavily obscured, right? So players, so you, no. Know. Do you think
0: it was the right call Um, to question it?
2: I mean, in the moment, <laughs> no, for two reasons. <laughs> One, it was Tomb Annihilation, as you pointed yeah. out earlier. <laughs> we were definitely already on our, like, second and or third characters, like, just, let us have this small treasure, please. Right. Um, Second, uh, you know, it it really did take us out. So it was almost something I'd wished if that was going to be the way the DM was going to approach it, that it had been a discussion maybe pregame about how to handle it and we could all be on the same page so that when that moment arrives, it's like, oh, we already know what to do. The drama doesn't get 'Cause it was really dramatic. Like these creatures were just coming from another plane outside of like a clo like we accidentally opened the wrong closet is how this started. Oh my God. Yeah, they popped out of a closet, we're like, fog cloud. We're like, ah <laughs> So then all of a sudden that got just immediately dissipated because we're like, oh well, how do we know if so and so can move into this space or are they just gonna sit there and have to die because sure. they don't they don't know their directions? And I think there's lots of different ways we could have uh, yeah. Handled it right. I think yeah, yeah, it's very flexible. Flexible, but
0: yeah, I mean, I think, I think you could ease in that situation. You could easily have said like, when the spell was cast and the fog started emanating over the area, that character knows which direction, like presumably, the cloud is like, spreading. Well, right, could have <laughs> yeah. like looked behind and saw like that space dissipate and and out of view and like just just ran for it, hoping that, I mean, I think there's ways that you could have flavored it, but I think it's a larger question of like, what about darkness? What about, um, you know, like any other obscured area, assuming your character doesn't have dark vision or it's magical darkness or whatever, is it metagaming to like move your character in a specific direction? Mm-hmm. And what, what is, what's your take on this?
1: I I was thinking about this. And I never realized. I think it was like Tom said. I never realized how much I accidentally metagame. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not always a conscious thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, oh. I like
0: well, see the thing there, so I'm just <laughs> gonna move in the other direction. Well, some, I mean, some met and some metagaming you need to do, right? Like, the, like I think we've talked about this before. Like, some metagaming is necessary for the game to function. It's a game, right? We're not right. actually in these situations, so I don't think DMs expect players to be to be perfect
1: but when thinking about the fog cloud thing, I like Joe said, I think I would have flavored it as opposed to questioning the player. I would have said, Oh, okay. You had turned around and realized that the fog fog was expanding in this direction of the room. And so obviously a natural response to that would have been to turn tail, right. And run in the opposite direction. And so you happen to come across the, small portion of the room that wasn't obscured by this fog cloud. Uh, I don't know that I would have made the player make a check, per se. Uh, I I understand why that would be a decision a DM would make. Um, and it's probably... Having never DM'd, I can understand how it could be frustrating when you come up with this thing and you're like, "This is really gonna get them."
0: <laughs> and then any
1: level of metagaming to like get out of this trap that you've set of them set for them can be like, "Er, why?" Yeah. So I get it a little bit why they would do that, but yeah, overall, I would try to keep the players in the game as much as I possibly could.
0: Well, what? Is, okay, so take a different scenario then. Uh, or even so, so two things, one, in that situation, when the DM made the player made a, make a check, I hope the DM is making every monster make a check, right? Like how do the monsters know exactly where, you know, unless maybe they're listening or, or something like they have to have a way to find the players, right?
2: Yeah. I'm pretty sure the campaign was like, these monsters monsters aren't actually affected by it. Like tomb annihilation is so bad.
0: Well, well, let's say they were. They, right. I mean, I guess like the, if you were going to use a rule like that, like unless your creature has blind sense or or something or tremor sense, like, the, you know, th- they're going to have to make those same checks and because mm. it, it would be – it would just be a dumb rule to not have that because um, uh, any rule that applies to hinder the players only and not the monsters is dumb. Um, but uh, I think – If you take, like, let's take darkness. Like, let's take, uh, and not even necessarily, um, like, a spell. Like, let's just say that, like, you're the players and you enter a room and it has magical darkness cast on it. And let's just say none of your players have devil sight, which would allow them to see through magical darkness. And that you can't dispel it. And then monsters appear at the other end of the hall and aren't making noise. What do you do? Do you just have your players, like like wander around with their hands out like zombies trying to find where the wall is? Do you let them just sort of run forward and like maybe they trip on something? I mean, I don't know. Like, how do you?
1: Well, I mean, as a DM, you wouldn't be putting the monsters down on the table, right? Or like on the map yet if it was just... If it was magical darkness, Mm -hmm. I feel like I would make them do what they would do. If they couldn't hear a monster and couldn't see a monster, what would you be doing? You might be entering a room and just putting your arms out and feeling around. And then you're like, there's something slimy with tentacles here. And then, (laughs) bam, there was a monster there the whole time. Sure. Yeah.
2: And I mean, if the players are making the choice to go down... Like, you, if you're giving them enough time where it's, like, you're making a choice to go down a dark hallway where you can't see and have no right. sense. That's on you. <laughs> yeah, the players are sort of uh, accepting that sort of risk mm-hmm. um, of they mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. Because there's so many options that players have to create light and uh, create ways to see. Um, unless right. the party's just really unbalanced, I guess, then maybe maybe I, the dm don't put them in those situations sure right? <laughs> yeah i
0: mean i guess i'm i'm thinking like okay let's assume that that this is a level 9 darkness spell and it's like the, you can't dispel it whatever mm-hmm. um and so i'm like let's let's put the 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 question in this scenario let's say okay you're in combat now so you, now you've rolled initiative you're in this room that you never saw unlit mm-hmm. do you still I mean, I think that makes a stronger case for your player doesn't know which direction to go necessarily. Mm-hmm. Do you have them make a perception check to try and see if they hear the combat going on? Do you have and if they roll like too low, do they do they like what, what happens? Do they move the opposite direction? Do they move close but not exactly where they want it to go? I mean, I I don't know how you handle that,
2: right? Like I would adopt some ranged I think this is from Pathfinder too. So uh, some ranged thrown weapon stuff in there, which is you roll, yeah, you roll a D8. Um, mm. And that is the, represents yep. the eight squares around you. And it's like, based on what you get, since that's where you actually, like, you're like, oh, I want to go forward. Then the DM would be like, okay, roll a D8, but you end up rolling like a four. Like, okay, well, you, you wanted to move forward, but you're actually moving
0: <laughs> behind
2: you in the room. You get turned the, around. Yeah, because you, right? I think that's a great way to sort of approximate yeah. that. One, the players still have like a sense of their body, even though they can't see, but right. they don't have a sense of the room. So even though they think they're moving forward, what actually happened is they got turned around and they're moving. Sure. Some yeah. other direction.
1: I, I kind of like that because it's like a, you put decision making still in the hands of the players, but you account for the fact that no no one individual can account for everything, mm-hmm. right? Like It's like, I decided I wanted to step forward, but I didn't realize that I was getting turned around in this completely obscured room, and I'm going in the opposite direction of what I intended. That right. happens yeah. if you're
0: yeah. in a...
1: I imagine if you're in a very thick fog cloud room, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not in my experience in fog cloud room. Sure. Uh my my like in thinking about this question and thinking about situations of like metagaming, uh I was thinking about how some of my characters like take Iso from Guider 2, mm-hmm. she she hasn't um like, been out in the world very much prior to this particular adventure because she's, like, stayed in her hometown or whatever. But I, as Anna, have, in, you know, like, wanting to DM or just, like, reading things or being exposed to so many different games, have figured out, like, certain immunities or resistances to enemies and creatures. And so I, as Anna, know that certain creatures are, like, you know, resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, whatever, whatever, whatever. And knowing that and coming across a monster that I know that ESO has never come across. Right. It's hard for me to be like, I would not use my longsword here. I would use magic here because I know that these things are resistant to that. But ESO is like longsword, longsword, longsword all day long. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really hard for me to think to myself, like, what should I do here? Because I have knowledge that my character does not. I don't know. How do you account for that?
0: Uh, Tom, do you have thoughts? I mean,
2: I I was gonna say, I struggle with this all the time too, especially now that I do know more, right? I've Mm -hmm. noticed because in combat as a player, I'm like, I want (laughs) to win. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of course my, my character does too, but my character is always some sort of like fun thing. It's not me. And I know I'm the one that's like, I got to win. I'm going to like min-max the hell out of this combat and like (laughs) figure out the solution, air quotes for our listeners. Uh, So, I mean, that's something I still struggle with today. And I, like you were saying with your ESO, I think that's a great way to kind of help is if you are thinking about those proclivities that your character has. Like if you know your character is longsword, 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 that's going to make it really easy Like before combat, you've thought about that. That's gonna make it really easy in combat when you're like, okay, for me at least, I'd be like, okay, but I've decided she's longsword. The first
1: hit it will at least be what her like. Yes, like I'm at least gonna do one and be like,
2: oh, it didn't work. Let me try the fireball. Yes,
0: (laughs) I mean that. I, I think that is like the the fairest thing to do, and I I agree. It's hard for every player. I definitely struggle, but try to try like I think we had a recent um a recent one with uh, uh, Icewind Dale where Inky was using necrotic damage against uh, an undead or something. And um, Clint was like, yeah, it's it's resistant. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like I, I think I knew my character knew like, yeah, this probably isn't going to work, but he would use Toll the Dead here. Um, and then once I realized that I did something else the next turn. But another example of sometimes where this could actually work to your benefit um, is uh, another example from uh, Clint's Game Yawning Portal. Um, what it was when we were fighting, we were in a swamp and, uh, we were crossing, trying to cross this very like, um, uh, difficult, uh, area with like a bridge and in, in a circle and like, there were guys chasing us and it was this crazy chaotic thing. And a fucking Hydra pops up out of the swamp water and attacks us. And we're like, Oh fuck. Well, my character, what my plan was, it was to do hex blades curse or hex um, either one cuz she's a rogue warlock and then as my action at the time I was always casting create bonfire because I think we had just gotten to like 6th level or something and mm-hmm. and I just liked that I could do 2d8 of fire damage well Joe knows that hydras are if they're if it's the same hydra from the book it's it's very um uh, weak to fire damage and that it can't regrow its heads um so but I I stuck with it, not because I was, I, I wanted to stay true to my character. And in that moment, it just happened to help me. Um, but I think that could easily have been viewed as, well, this is metagaming, which is why if you are a DM change that shit, Oh, maybe maybe my not the Hydra you were thinking of. Exactly, bitch. it's not. Yeah. Oh, this uh, you know this other creature. Oh, you think that this gelatinous ooze is going to do acid damage? Nope, it does cold damage. <laughs> like change it up. Don't use stat blocks from the book, especially with advanced players. And that goes back to my whole like always make up your own and tweak your own characters. Right. But, Yeah, I mean, metagaming, it's it's rough, but the more you try to avoid it, the better your game is going to be, I think. I
1: mean, Yawning Portal reminds me, in our last session, uh, Anna had knowledge that all these uh, weapons that we had just purchased in this town were cursed items, and that they were going to do bad things if I tried to use them. My character was in a whole different room when the rest of the party discovered this and did not know... Yes. That the sword he was wielding was was cursed. And so, you know, I thought about it. I was like, I could say, oh, I'm saving this weapon to use later. I'm just gonna use my regular weapons now or whatever. But I was like, no, no. I know Jin. And yeah. he would definitely pull out that new toy to play with, <laughs> playing with the cursed item. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, the less you um the less you met a game and the more you're you're actively thinking about how to avoid that. And, you know, it added flavor. We defeated the bad guy eventually. I didn't die. Who cares? It was a fun thing to be like, my arm is stuck in the ground for like (laughs) three turns (laughs) trying to fight one handed or whatever. It was great. So, Yeah. yeah, just got to embrace the crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The whole time I was asking, I'm like, do you say anything to the rest of us? <laughs> no, are you shouting <laughs> us? <laughs> because it just so happened, like, the previous battle, I never, I also had a cursed bow and I never summoned it because my character was focused on, we had to, like, get a gin back in uh, uh, there or an ifrit back in their, like, genie bottle. Mm-hmm. And um, so my character and Anna's character were both like, we're not attacking, we're going to find this fucking bottle. So it just happened to be that I never cast any attack so i didn't summon my my warlock bow but um in the following combat where this happened to anna anna's turn immediately preceded mine yes. thank god um and i was like well my character sees that and Jin clearly says this weapons are cursed these so she's are cursed like, fuck it i'm not summoning my bow i'm using my other bow that i didn't get rid of yet so yeah um the yeah.
1: initiative order really worked in your favor there. As soon as I realized, I was like, "I think these weapons are
0: cast! Yep. Because I, <laughs> I was totally like, "Do I Eldritch Blast or do I, or do I get my bow?" Like, if I Eldritch Blast, that is total meta mm-hmm. Um, and I was prepared to summon my bow, and I'm like, "Please, someone use your weapon, or or please, Phil, uh, Phil, your character, the only one who used his fucking cursed <laughs> weapon, and didn't say anything." Um uh so yeah we were all just like please 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 say something and luckily we all had the cursed items removed from us so yeah yay anyway <laughs> well that was lovely tom Thank so you. good to see you i'm so excited you're in my drag queen game can you tell the children can you can you tell the kids what your character's name is
2: um so my name is felinda Hall. um felinda
0: Hall i have <laughs> <laughs> so good.
1: That took me like a solid 5 <laughs>
2: seconds.
0: Perfect. <laughs> yep. It's so what?
2: good. What? Like I want like it's you know it's a good name when people would read the posters and be like I don't get it, but then they yeah, get to the show and they what? hear it and they're like, "Oh." oh. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to use all the I, I text Andy like every day. I'm like, drag name, this drag name. this, And, 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 and I can't wait to start using all of those like in game. So, um, well, thank you for I'm gracing sick. us with your presence. Yeah.
2: Thank you for having me. I always have such a good time. Yay. Oh, well, we will
1: see you next time you're on here, Tom. And I'm sure we'll have you back. But to our listeners, please, mm-hmm. please, please. At Ron order D and D yeah. tweet us retweet us follow us share us and submit send questions. us your questions yes. submit your questions
2: uh, and y'all really need to get those followers up i'm dying for chapter two <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: from spring up to section it's, yeah. it's like the chapter two is like halfway written right oh now. my I'm god i like, so we excited really need to get this going y'all this gonna be yeah. a good chapter
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah i need I'm it so, so internet get on it <laughs> all right well bye everyone bye y'all
2: Hello, 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 this is Raw in Order with Tom, episode two, coming to you live,